You are listening to the VBAC Link podcast, episode number 52. Today, we are talking with our friend Destiny, who is one of our favorite Instagram followers. And she just recently had her HBAC, which stands for Home Birth After Cesarean. And she had such a long labor. She had a chiropractor come and adjust her while she was in labor. And let me tell you what, I think she was listening to the podcast almost right from the very beginning. And we are so excited because we remember messaging her while she was preparing. In labor, even. Yeah, we were asking, what, she was what's going labor. on? We want to be there. What's happening? And then yeah. we didn't hear from her. And we were like, oh, we oh hope everything's gosh. going okay. And then she messaged us. And we were yes. like, yes. And we love it. And we, we have a special treat for you because she actually has a birth video. And her videographer says that I can share it. So take a look at our YouTube channel. Um, after you're done listening to her story, go to our YouTube channel just search for the VBAC link and it's going to be right there on our home birth playlist but anyways before I start telling her story and before we get into her story Megan has our review of the week and today's review is from Lana Cohen Sylvian Sullivan. Sullivan. Sorry if I totally botched that. (laughs) She says, I've been listening to your podcast for the past couple of months, and it has been such a source of inspiration and hope during my pregnancy. I relate to all of these women, and it's so awesome hearing stories of similar first birth and successful VBACs. It was also great to hear the repeat C-section episode. I have been so afraid of it going that way again, scared of the feeling of failure. But I know I won't because I've done everything humanly possible to have a VBAC. I also loved Shermesia's episode, which we love her, (laughs) and think that it's so important that you guys are talking about the struggle of women of color have when it comes to birthing. I just really love what you are all doing, and I look forward to someday being a woman of strength success story. Thank you. Oh, I Thank love you, that. Thank you, Lana. Woman of Strength success <laughs> story. Do you know what, though? That's like everybody. Everybody's a woman of strength success Absolutely. story. Absolutely. Feedback. H back, C back, Q back, elemental P back. <laughs> it's all success, right? Because women, we- <laughs> you rock. You rock. We're proud of you. Yep. <laughs> you are tuned in to the VBAC Link podcast with Julie Frankham and Megan Heaton. VBAC moms, doulas, and educators here to help you get inspired for birth after having a C section. Together, they have created a robust VBAC preparation course along with this uplifting podcast for women who are preparing for their VBAC. Although these episodes are VBAC specific, they encourage all expectant moms to listen and educate themselves on how to avoid a cesarean from the get-go. The purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. It is not meant to replace advice from any other qualified medical professional. Here are your hosts, Julie and Megan. Here we go. We are going to get right into it. Our friend Destiny and man, guys, she kind of been through it all as far as her VBAC. So this is going to be full of good nuggets full of useful information for you guys to pick apart and take with you on your own journeys to having a safe and satisfying birth. Destiny, I am so excited to hear the story from your (laughs) point of view, from your own voice, and I'll just go ahead and let you take it over. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for having me. I've been so excited to be able to share my story with you, mostly because I know how much of all of the stories that other mamas have been able to share through this that you guys this platform that you guys have created um that's so amazing just really like blessed me throughout my pregnancy throughout my delivery 
Yeah, you guys just gave me so much hope and so much mm-hmm. education, and I've just felt so blessed. I've been really excited to be able to share my story to hopefully help educate and inspire some other mamas kind of in the same position. So we'll see. So Yay. let's see. So, yeah, so just a few months after my husband and I were married, we got pregnant with our first daughter, and it wasn't a planned pregnancy. However, we were super excited. We were like, I've always wanted to be a mom. So I was like, this is really exciting. This is perfect. Yes, whatever. It's all great. We were super excited to kind of go along this new journey. Overall, I had a super healthy pregnancy. Everything was pretty much going perfectly. I had pretty much no swelling. I was generally pretty active. I ate pretty well. Everything went so smoothly. Um, No issues. Baby was active. Everything was great. And then come about week 34, um, I believe we went in for an appointment and we found out that our daughter was breech um, and she was in the frank breech position. So I know you guys are probably familiar with that, but basically that's where her head is up, her butt is down and her legs are just straight up. She's kind of like in a V. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very uncomfortable position. I can't imagine sitting in that position. (laughs) But I just remember after finding that out, I just remember mentioning to my doctor Um, You know, I've actually heard of stretches and things that you can do to help a breech baby kind of turn back head down. So basically, I'm just going to go home, do everything I can until our next appointment and just see what happens. And then (laughs) directly from that point, she went on to kind of tell me how none of those are proven methods of helping the babies turn. But if it made me feel better, you know, I could just like do it. And that would be okay. They don't teach those things in obstetric school anymore. They just don't know how to do it. Right. Right. And so anyway, so I I left feeling like I could definitely help her turn because I think when it comes to like baby things with myself, I can be a little bit stubborn where I just feel like, you know, like I can do this. (laughs) It's my baby. I can do it. And so Yeah, so basically I went home, I did all the things, I was on my hands and knees for like three weeks straight, (laughs) just trying to help this baby turn, and finally we came back to our appointment a couple of weeks later, and she was still breech, and during those weeks, I had done a ton of research, and just kind of looking into an external version, if it came down to that, if that was going to be something that we were interested in, so that's basically where the doctors go and manually try to turn the baby from the outside. And I was super nervous, but to me, it was super worth it because if she would turn head down, I would be able to have her naturally, which is really what I wanted. Um, yeah. And so um, so I, I remember going into this OR room. I remember it just being so cold for some reason. Everything was white. And I'm just I remember just laying there on this bed in the center of the room, totally naked, just getting ready for the doctors to come in and do this. And they had said, you know, this isn't something that we do super often here, so is it okay if some students join us? And I was okay with that. But I think total, may, there may have been like, oh gosh, like 14 or 15 students there. Holy everyone smokes! Yeah, but that's it's super not. cool because that now these students yeah. see that that has been done. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You're yes. changing the next um, generation of obstetricians, <laughs> and I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> yes, I was fine with it. I was like, if it helps the baby turn, whatever, I'm good with it. Let's just do it. Oh, that um, magic juju from those students. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so during that, that did that was pretty much unsuccessful, totally. It wasn't really what I was expecting. I remember before I went in for the version, I had watched multiple videos on a successful external version mm-hmm. and they'd be women sitting in like a little room with a super gentle doctor who would kind of like feel the baby um, <laughs> and work really like with a lot of technique and to me it felt like I was just sitting there and there were these <laughs> two doctors just 
on opposite sides just pushing with their full force opposite yeah. of each other. They mm. were kind of yelling. I was yelling. It was just a lot. Aww. It was kind of chaotic. But yeah. anyways, basically, I knew pretty quickly that it wasn't going to be successful um, because of her position. Yeah. Her butt was down really far into my pelvis, so pretty mm. much she wasn't able to move. She was a champ throughout it. Her heart rate stayed the same pretty much. But yeah, so after that, they wheeled us into a little room where we, they were just going to monitor us for a little while, watch baby, make sure she was okay. And a few minutes later, one of the doctors came in who was doing the version, and she just said, you know, we went ahead and scheduled you for a C-section um, in about, I think it was five days after the version, because the version was like a little bit later than they said they would normally want to do a version. Mm-hmm. So the cesarean was scheduled pretty soon after. Mm. And turns out they had scheduled her C-section on the day of my birthday, actually, so we shared. Oh, my birthday. gosh. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. That's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. It was super fun. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Well, that's okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, fast forward. We had a super routine C-section. You know, the doctors were just talking to each other. I was super nervous and shaky. I remember asking the nurse who was above me if they were going to start soon. And then she just kind of laughed and said, no, they already started. Your baby's almost out, actually. And I think the baby <laughs> had come out just a couple of minutes later. It's crazy the how fast it was, can be, huh? Yeah, super yeah, fast. Yeah, that's I was it was so fast. And um I think the whole entire C section was like forty five minutes and it was just so fast and easy. Yeah, it was pretty much perfect I think for how a cesarean could go. But since my daughter had been breached most of my pregnancy, I remember just looking back, I couldn't take her right away because I think at one point my blood pressure like kind of tanked and so I just had to opt to wait to hold her. Um, because I felt super nauseous and I felt like I couldn't hold her um, yet. So they laid her back on the bed and clipped the cord. My husband was back there and I remember just hearing her cry and like looking back toward the table and just seeing her two legs sticking straight up in the air because she had been breached for so long that her legs were pretty much stuck in that up position. Yeah, did you, have you seen so that cute. video going around Facebook with the little baby licking his toe? Like this yeah. freak <laughs> Breach baby, like looking as though like he's sucking his thumb. That actually right. happened. I haven't seen it, but that today <laughs> at a birth, that baby came out and was actually like reaching and like holding onto the foot and like trying to put the foot. Wow. In oh my gosh. But like the baby wasn't breech, but like I was like, oh my gosh. Like I went, wonder if that's do. like that in utero. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Both my so girls cute. always kind of eat their toes. It's their thing. <laughs> But I, yeah, the, basically the cesarean was super routine. Everything was great. I had a pretty quick recovery. I remember that night I was up just walking around with her already. I was kind of waddling around, but everything was pretty smooth. I was super grateful to have such an easy experience because I know that's not that way for a lot of women. I was really grateful that it wasn't an emergency situation, that everything just went really smooth and as planned. But I knew even before having the C-section, that I wanted to have a vaginal birth the next time around. I remember having friends and family ask about our next kids and just my plans for having repeat cesareans and how many kids we would want to have because of that. And I just remember saying, totally uneducated, but I just remember saying, no, you don't have to have all C-sections just because you had one. Um, At that point, I'd never even heard of a VBAC. (laughs) I didn't even know that term. But I knew that I wanted to have a natural vaginal birth next time. I spent the next few months researching and just becoming familiar with what VBAC meant um, and finding other moms like the ones on this podcast that I could relate with who had successful ones. Yeah, I remember when your guys' podcast launched, I was just, 
I was right there and I was so excited and I was like, this is going to be me. Like what these mamas are doing, I can do that. Yeah, um, absolutely. It was super, Were you the super, one super that cool. downloaded like my first ever like, let's see if I can make a podcast episode? Was that you? I, I'm not sure. I oh, remember. <laughs> I remember somebody saying, it might have been you. I did a little test run, and I'm like, hey, Megan, look how easy this is. Sure. <laughs> and then I just uploaded it, and then it got a couple downloads. And I'm like, look, Megan, this doesn't take any time at all. <laughs> little did we know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I was so excited. I remember when the first episode came out, I watched, I like listened to it like immediately that day. I stopped oh, what I was doing in the past of this, and I was so excited. <laughs> and from that point, seriously, it helped just encourage me and all of that jazz so much but yeah so basically I just spent a ton of time kind of educating myself on what a back was listening to stories of moms who had successful ones I felt like I wanted to listen to a big variety of mom stories because yeah. I didn't know how my birth was going to go so I wanted to hear the ones that were super hard and I wanted to hear the ones that were quick and easy and smooth and everything in between I just wanted to know everything just so that way I wouldn't feel taken off guard by however mine went because obviously they can go so many ways and just seven months after my first daughter was born we got pregnant again with our second baby um hey that was with my second and third baby sorry i'm just jumping into your story i feel like we're besties like can we just talk i know (laughs) no yeah that was exactly the same between my second and third same distance anyways go on yeah yeah no you're good so yeah we got pregnant seven months later we were super surprised, but we were super excited as well. And I just knew that this was my chance and I was going to be able to shoot for a VBAC. I felt like at that point I needed to have one. I wanted to be able to deliver any children we have in the future naturally. So I felt like this was kind of a pivotal moment for me to be able to come through and just have this VBAC. And I wanted it to happen. <laughs> so I went to my doctor for the first appointment. I wasn't really sure of what I was going to do as far as my prenatal care yet. So I just went to my the doctor I had with my first daughter. They sent us soon after for our first ultrasound. I think it was like only around eight weeks when we did that. And I remember my trying my hardest during that ultrasound, not to mention that I wanted to have a VBAC because I didn't plan on staying with them for my care. And I just didn't want them to throw random statistics at me that would try to scare me away from having a VBAC. So the whole appointment, I was just pretty much staying quiet, kind of looking at my husband for reassurance and just trying to stay on course. But once I knew that everything looked really healthy, with our pregnancy and the baby. When I left there, I called our local birth center um, and I was interested in delivering with them. But basically when I called, they just said, you know, we have, there were some liability issues with the fact that I had had a C-section prior to this pregnancy. And Mm. so my only option would be with them to deliver at home. Um, And at that point, I had never even considered home birth for myself. So I was kind of just like, okay, you know, I'll give you a call back later. We'll see. But it was great timing because at that point, only a couple months beforehand, I had met someone who would eventually become my midwife and a super good friend. Her name is Rebecca, and she's the best. Mm. <laughs> um, I had only met her just really recently before we got pregnant, and I, I remember her asking me if that's something I would ever do, and me just completely being like, no, I wish I wouldn't have a home birth. But once I was pregnant and it came down to it, I decided I did want to deliver at home just in the comfort of our home, in my own house, I just wanted it to be that way. And so I wanted to do it with her because she was someone I could trust and someone I felt comfortable with. So soon after that, we met at her house for a consultation. It went really well. She just asked me questions to try to get to like know my situation a little more. 
I was able to ask her a ton of questions and I was so happy because pretty much it felt just like having coffee and talking about my favorite conversation topic, which is babies and pregnancy. Um, I didn't really feel like I was going to like a prenatal appointment or a doctor appointment. It just felt like, you know, I'm going to have coffee with a friend and talk about my favorite thing. Yes, <laughs> um, I love that about it was my midwife amazing. too. It was, yeah, it was such a breath of fresh air. But since my first baby, it yeah, it was just a big passion. So I highly suggest finding someone who makes you feel super comfortable and someone who, you know, you can trust and really relax around. Because for me, that made all the difference. Yeah. And once again, I had a super healthy pregnancy and it, it went by super quick. I was really happy. I think I'm blessed with pretty easy pregnancies. <laughs> but this time around, I experienced toward the end a lot more swelling. Partially, I, I would assume that that was because I was pregnant for the majority of my bigger pregnant days in the summer. Um, I had my daughter at the end of August, so it was really hot. Um, it was fire season, so it was just totally smoky. We couldn't even oh really my go goodness. outside. And I was just so swollen. I was like a balloon. <laughs> Anyways, I hit about 37 weeks, and I felt super excited because I know at that point, you know, it's kind of like, oh, baby can come anytime now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you say that. But then it was, it was, it made the time after that, I think, super long because it was like every night, like, oh, I wonder if tonight is going to be the night. Like, the baby can come anytime now. I wonder when she's going to come. And it was just making it drag on so long. <sighs> but she still wasn't there. And I remember around that time on Facebook, I saw, or it might have been Instagram, I saw a quote that said something like, I think it said something like, your due date is an estimation not an eviction notice. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And for me, that was pretty much the sentence that I was able to fall back on and feel super encouraged by and just keep on my mind that, hey, I'm coming up on my due date, but that doesn't mean anything really. I'm healthy. My baby's healthy. So I just need to be patient is pretty much where I was at. And so um, around, I think, just a little over 40 weeks, my midwife, I went to her house. She checked me and I wasn't dilated at all. And so I left feeling super discouraged because we scheduled that appointment, I think, a week prior. And so going to her house, I was excited, kind of guessing how far along I might be. When I got there and she checked me, there was none. <laughs> and oh I was, my gosh, that is so frustrating. Yeah, I was super, I felt really discouraged. I remember driving home and just kind of having this battle in my head of like discouragement, but then also knowing that it's okay because I know personally multiple moms have gone well over their due date and who have been fine. So I just had this kind of mental battle of, you know, I'm going over and I'm not dilating at all. But also I know some moms go from pretty much zero to 100, right, like during labor. So I was just yeah. trying to keep myself sort of encouraged. So we scheduled another appointment for a week out. And then again, it felt like so long. Uh, but finally, the appointment came. And I was, again, I was expecting to be at, I don't know, maybe a three and cervix kind of softening maybe, but I was maybe a zero to one. Like I was still barely dilated at all at 41 weeks and I was, my cervix was totally thick still. There was just, it just seemed like nothing was happening and I was getting really frustrated. My midwife, when she checked me that time, she I remember she used a little bit of clary sage oil like on her gloves to help soften the cervix a little bit, which mm. I was thinking that that was really smart and I was really grateful that she had that idea <laughs> but I was having a lot of bloody show afterwards oh and I forgot to mention for a couple of weeks prior to this I had been having prodromal labor off and on and so it was just a lot of like oh this might be it oh no this isn't it and then so on and so forth 
But after this check, I had um, a lot more bloody show. I felt like things were picking up. And then it kind of just went away and nothing happened. <laughs> mm. um, and then at this point, I was just feeling so ready. Um, and then every time some more Braxton Hicks would start, they would just taper off. And then, yeah. But that finally, is so not fair. Um, that is like the, I know. <laughs> the biggest mean thing in the whole world. <laughs> yes. I would time them. And then afterwards, I would look at the time sheet and it would be like 13 minutes, 9 minutes, 8 minutes, 14 minutes. Like it was super inconsistent. And then they would just go away. And yeah, anyways, <laughs> but I think, yeah, it was uh, finally when I was 41 weeks in four days, it was a Sunday morning and that was, so my husband and I are, my husband, his name is Jesse, um, we are pretty involved in serving at our church. I lead a team there, so we were going to serve that day, but then when we woke up, I think it was like almost six o'clock in the morning. I just, he was getting ready and I just told him that I felt like I was too close to baby day and I didn't want to go to church because I just felt like it was too close and I didn't want to go into labor when I was at church. <laughs> so I, I waited a little bit. I was kind of just scrolling around on my phone and I think by 6.30 I was noticing that I had a few contractions. They were super small, but I didn't want to get too excited because this had happened multiple times. So I just decided to go back to sleep to kind of calm the nerves and then I woke up again around 8.30. This was a couple hours later. I was having consistent contractions now about every eight or so minutes. And I was getting really excited. So at this point, I called my husband. I said, I'm pretty sure this is, you know, the real deal. I'm having actual consistent contractions. They're not really hurting, but they're consistent, which is super refreshing to have. <laughs> so I let him know. Um, but that day we had lunch plans with our fam- with my family after church. And since my contractions weren't really hurting yet, I just decided to keep those plans. So I got my little one up. Um, at that point, she was 16 and just over 16 months. I got her up. We got ready. Um, we went to Red Robin to meet my family. <laughs> and we just had lunch. And meanwhile, during that, I was just timing my contractions. Just each time I would have one, I would mark it down on my phone just so I kind of had a log of where I was at. Um, and by the end of lunch, I remember um, I has been looking at my phone timer and just being like, are those your contractions that you're doing? And he was just kind of seeing how close they were. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, I think we better go because they were maybe like two to four minutes apart at this point. Wow. Yeah, it got really quick, really fast, (laughs) which is funny because I had no idea how long it was going to go for. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, we went home, we got our birth space ready, we put up the pool, we put like, you know, the, the sheets, the protective sheets on our bed, we got everything ready. I was kind of just relaxing. My midwife came to check me, but I was only pretty much out of three, and I wasn't really effaced at all, so things were pretty calm, and so she left, and she just said, you know, when things pick up a little bit, call me back, and I'll come, and I think I was just super nervous because I think within an hour or so, I called her back, um, and (laughs) she was really just gracious and patient with me because I know at that point I was not nearly as far along as I think would have been the proper time to have her come, but I was just a little bit nervous, so... She came and she just labored with us. I wasn't having much pain for most of that, the rest of the night. Just pretty much tightening and a little bit of pressure. Um, I was, you know, sleeping and resting between contractions, hanging out with my daughter. At one point I got into the pool, but it was pretty early, so it it really slowed things down. So I got out soon after, which is really funny because I planned on laboring in the pool more than I did. (laughs) And then let's see. So, yeah, I just kind of labored that whole night. Um, walking on the stairs, 
doing lunges, any like bouncing on the ball, anything I could think of that would help me to progress, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and then by early the next morning, I was only around a five to a six, um, and I was starting to efface a little bit more, which was encouraging. But I was just hoping to be further along, of course. I think that that's kind of the case a lot of times. You're just expecting some high number, and then you get like five, and you're just like, oh. But, yeah, so I I was at a five to a six. I was facing a little bit more that night. I, at that point, were the only ones awake. My husband was just resting since it was still pretty early. He just wanted to get his rest in so that he could save it for when it was, like, real active labor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember going down to our stairs to do some sets of stairs. I think this was maybe, like, four or five in the morning just to do sets of stairs to kind of get things rolling. And I came into downtown to my living room, and I just saw all of the midwives that we had there. There were, I think there were two or three of them because my midwife keeps an assistant when it's, like, a VBAC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also my photographer, who was maybe 20 plus weeks pregnant at the time, just all sleeping in different positions in my living room. Like Esther, my midwife, sorry, my photographer, she was just, I remember seeing her just sleeping on the ground and I felt so bad because she was pregnant and I could relate with her sleeping on the ground. She was so tired. My midwife was so exhausted. It had just been like a really long night. So I was so grateful when I just came downstairs and saw them all like they're exhausted, but they're still here, you know, supporting me and just waiting for me and doing all the things, even though, you know, they're really going out of their way. Yeah. <laughs> they were so sweet. So, yeah. So, basically, I labored for a while. I got in and out of the pool off and on for the next handful of hours. I was laboring in all kinds of positions. Um, and I think about seven hours later, finally, so this is, like, the next afternoon, <laughs> I was finally at a seven centimeters. And it was just, for some reason, it was taking so long. Um, but during this cervical check, when, when we saw that I was at a seven, my midwife realized that our baby was asynclitic. So basically that Aww. means that her head is down, but it's kind of her chin is kind of like tucked and her head is kind of tilted toward one of her shoulders, which wasn't allowing her to descend properly. So basically everything started making a ton of sense. And my midwife actually um, had a friend who who had a pretty new business at the time um, as an in-home chiropractor. And she came just a few hours later. She was amazing to do an adjustment. It was super gentle. It was really cool, actually. And I had done a ton of chiropractic care during this pregnancy, um, but this was like a totally different type of adjustment. And it was exactly what we needed, I guess, because things started to pick up a little bit. Basically, at this point, I was super emotional when I would go through a little spurt of having pretty intense contractions. I would, I remember just breaking down and crying. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone was, you know, super supportive, just calming me down. And I, I didn't feel like I wasn't doubting or being like, oh, I need to go to the hospital. But I just remember being so tired and the contractions were hurting so much and they were so close together. And I just felt just like I just wanted to like <laughs> lay down on the floor and cry. Yeah, but my husband, I remember at this point, he was just like kind of holding my hands and doing a lot of counter pressure on my back and just being super encouraging, which was a huge plus during my labor because it was so long and it was so intense but I I said this after soon after we had my daughter that he showed pretty much like superhuman strength during my labor because during it he was just so strong in different positions I was able to lean against him and at certain points I was hanging on him with my feet like off the ground and he was just there champing through it and just giving me what I needed I didn't 
in the beginning, I didn't think that having someone close a lot during my labor would be something that I really needed. But as my labor went on, I just felt like I really needed someone pretty much like there a lot of the time, just letting me know that they were there, holding my hands, touching me, just so I could feel their presence because mm-hmm. I was just so tired and I needed a little bit of extra, you know, push and encouragement. <laughs> so basically after that, we did some rebozo work. We I was on my hands and knees and we kind of were sifting my belly back and forth. I would get in and out of the pool still just because I, it, it, for some reason the water was really overheating me so I would get in and it would mm. kind of help but then I would get so hot and the baby's heart rate would kind of increase to where it wasn't really comfortable for my midwife so the last time we did that we got out and I was really disappointed but she told me that I needed to take a cold shower to cool my body down so that the baby's heart rate could go down a little bit so I remember just going having contractions getting into the shower that was freezing cold and just being super like disappointed that I was in a cold shower during all of this (laughs) (laughs) so after that shower I was just over a nine centimeters there was a little part of the cervix that was staying over basically and it wasn't it was allowing it wasn't allowing me to dilate fully so through some contractions my midwife would hold that back and just so I could dilate past it Mm -hmm. um, and the baby could come down below so there wasn't really a point where I was like okay you're 10 centimeters it's ready, like you're ready to push. It just kind of evolved into that time. And in my birth video, you can see this, but I remember someone asking, you know, is this chronological? Like, is she really like pushing and then getting up and then pushing and then getting up? And that was totally the case. Like (laughs) I started pushing in one position. I think we must have pushed in maybe like 10 positions, like nothing. For some reason, it was just, I think my body was getting so tense and I was having such a hard time relaxing through the contractions that, it just I was almost like fighting the baby the baby was trying to come down and I was just tensing up and that was making it really hard for her so we were doing a ton of different positions and this is actually really cool so at that point you know we're starting to get ready to push and then I remember just being totally tired I was laying on my bed on my bed I think on my side doing a little bit and then my midwife was asking me to sort of change positions so we could try to go in a different position and see what could happen with that and I, I was pretty much unresponsive to her. Like, I was totally conscious. It wasn't like I was unconscious, but I was so tired. And my body was so exhausted that I just couldn't even really respond when she was mm-hmm. asking me to change positions or move. And I just remember her just, you know, standing up from the bed and being like, okay, everyone, stop. Like, we have to stop. I don't want this to feel like this is all happening to her. Like, I want her to be able to be a part of this or to have a part in this. You know, I want her to feel like she's in control and that we're not just this isn't all just happening to her, which I was super grateful for because at that point I did feel totally out of control because I was just totally exhausted. And so she gave me actually some smooth transitions. It's just like, it just basically helped my contractions to minimally slow down so I could get a little bit of a break and take a shower and just try to regroup and get a little bit of energy. And I was really, really grateful for that. That was one of the moments that stood out so much in my labor is that I was pretty much at the point to push, but my midwife was seeing that I wasn't really there and I wasn't really in control. And she, in that moment, was super, like, empowering and encouraging. And she was able to kind of lift me up and give me what I needed to go on, which I was so grateful for. 
But I remember being in that shower and I was starting to fall asleep in the shower and my husband and my midwife were coming in and trying to convince me to get out of the shower. And I, I just could, I kept telling them I'm not falling asleep. I just want to like, I just need one more minute. And I, and then they would go out and I would just close my eyes immediately and try to just rest for a minute. <laughs> but finally I got out. And again, we were pushing in so many positions. I think I pushed for a total of almost four hours. And the position I ended up delivering on was on my back on my bed, which was funny because I imagined, you know, I'm having home birth. I'm probably going to be squatting at the foot of my bed or in the water or just anything different. But I was laying on my back just like I would at a hospital, I think. (laughs) And, yeah, so she ended up coming out. At that point, I felt a little burst of energy. I was super excited. My midwife warned me pretty much immediately that because of the labor that we had. Oh, I didn't mention this. the, The total labor was about like 49 and a half hours. Wow. And so um, 32 hours of those were active labor. Wow. That's a lot <laughs> it was of work. <laughs> so long. I was so exhausted. And so she was telling me because of that, that it was likely that I might hemorrhage. But at that point, I didn't. And I was super thankful for that. Um, and I remember being really excited. The placenta was still in. And I just remember being like, okay, can I push it? Can I push it? Because I felt at that point, I felt really strong. And I felt like nothing could ever hurt that bad. And I, mm-hmm. I would just like, this placenta would be a breeze. Like <laughs> I just pushed it out and it came out and I was so happy. Yeah, basically like, so that was, that was our birth story with our second. And I think it's super funny actually, because I didn't, after I had the birth, like I didn't hear, I hear a lot of birth stories where it's like, you know, and I think Julie, I think even one of yours was like this where it's like, I did it. I did it. I did it. Like my body. Yeah. Did it, like I was able to do it, which is amazing. And like after, after I had her, I actually didn't feel this huge sense of pride. Like I felt honestly a little bit like because it was so long and because it was so hard that it was just like, I was like too weak. Like I yeah. couldn't really like, because just because of how intense it was, it was kind of like my fault. Like for some reason, my weakness might've caused it to be that way. And I think honestly, yeah. it took a few months to even feel like, you know what, I did do that. Like my body totally was strong enough to do that and know that I can do it again. I think that gives me like a little bit of hope for any children that I have in the future because I know the chances are another labor happening that is that long and that intense is are pretty low. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like, you know, like totally I can do that again. But yeah, I would say just overall, it's such a supportive team. I was surrounded by only people who were encouraging me and like talking when I needed them to and just being quiet when I needed them to and they were everyone was just there and they were ready to uplift and empower and definitely having people surrounding you who are going to be that for you whether that's one person or 10 people was so important and that was super important for me and I was just so grateful to all of them. I love how much your team just trusted you and took care of you. I feel yes. like, yeah, it was a really long labor, but but you were so well taken care of and trusted mm-hmm. and and you did it. And not everyone has that like 
like my freak out little I did it I did it I did it that, that was good. my first no, feedback so I know it's pretty funny like um everyone was just bawling everyone's sobbing in the room and I'm like oh. I love it. but then by the time I had my fourth baby she just came shooting out of me I like I literally pushed for two and a half minutes and I had no idea what happened from the time like she came from the top of my birth canal to born in two and a half minutes wow. like that is, and and that was so crazy like I I had to take a minute to like register I'm like, what in the heck just happened to me? Because now all of a sudden I have a baby in my arms. And I remember just like looking around kind of like I'm confused. And <laughs> it's like weird, yeah. right? I'm just like looking around like I'm confused. And I'm like, what just happened? And then I'm like, oh, shoot, there's somebody like videoing me because I have a, her birth video also. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, I better say something. <laughs> and then I'm like, hi. <laughs> just so hi. funny. Oh, but- <laughs> and I, I forgot to mention this, that when she was born, she was nine pounds. Oh, my gosh. Look at you. Yeah. That is so, you you worked so hard and you did it. And just because um, you didn't have the, um, you know, your moment was different than everybody else's moment doesn't mean that you are any less powerful. And you're probably totally, yeah. more powerful than a lot because some midwives would have transferred you to the hospital. Some women yeah. would have given up and say, okay, I can't do this anymore. And that's okay. Like, it's okay for that to happen. But you trusted your heart. You trusted your knowledge. And you had the right team to get you through this and I am very proud of you for that and I'm so excited (laughs) that you had this incredible story but I want to talk a little bit about chiropractors (laughs) we haven't done the chiropractor information or blog on our podcast yet but gosh we love chiropractors Megan and Megan has several in in Salt Lake County that she refers to I have like three on my list right now and we're gonna have a special episode with a chiropractor I think it's gonna be August I'm not quite sure. We've got to schedule it out. But a chiropractor whose wife had a, a VBAC. And so we're going to have them on the episode. And you guys, I I don't know if you know this, but chiropractic care during pregnancy, just pregnancy in general, sets you up physically for it's just like one more check mark in the box of like perfect preparation, right? Even though I guess there's not really such thing as perfect preparation. But if your hips are out of alignment or your spine is out of alignment, that closes up the pelvic opening. And so it's harder for your baby to get through. And it's funny because I'm actually going to just let Megan tell a little story because her hips are a little wonky. They are. <laughs> and go ahead and take it, so take it away, So what Megan. happens with my <laughs> hips is naturally, and I don't know why, but naturally the right side of my hip will go, or the right side of my pelvis will go forward and it will force the left side of my pelvis to go backwards, which then twists my sacrum. And it just happens. Like, it happens. And when I'm pregnant, it happens easier, right? Because we've got relaxing going on and all the hormones. And so that's kind of what happened to me. And I, like Destiny, had a chiropractor who came to my birth. She adjusted me earlier that day and kind of, like, untwisted my sacrum. She did some craniosacral as well. And then my cute midwife, we had a plan to go meet each other at the birth center, and she went and picked up my chiropractor. Mm. And she brought her to the birth center, and she adjusted me too. And, you know, the next morning, I went to go in, and my baby was at a plus two station at four 
centimeters, which is insane. Low. That's a very low, low baby for four centimeters. Yeah. So, and I swear to this day that she had such an impact on that and setting myself up. So as soon as he rotated, it was just bing, bing, boom, and cervix was gone, and he was out in two contractions. You know, when my first two... My first one, like, I would have never even thought of going to a chiropractor. My second one, everyone told me, oh, you want to be back. You should go see a chiropractor. You should go see a chiropractor. And I'm like, yeah, no way. Nope. They're cracks. Chiropractors are so hippie. They are. They're That's quacks. I said they were quacks. quacks. I was like, no, they're, they're quacks. <laughs> and there's no way. And, man, let me tell you what. I changed my views on chiropractors. I love chiropractors. I still go to chiropractors, even not pregnant. My babies have been adjusted. Mm-hmm. You know, my baby had torticollis. This is off the top of VB, topic mm. of VBAC, but my baby had torticollis. And chiropractic care really, really changed a lot of things. So, It's so important and it's awesome that Destiny had a chiropractor that could come to her home and adjust her. And a lot of these Webster chiropractors actually do offer that. So we on the blog today have, I kind of share my story about chiropractic care, what chiropractic care does, and how to find a Webster chiropractor in your area. So if you go, make sure to ask them, hey, if I'm in labor and you're not open, how can I get a hold of you? And can you come see me and adjust me in labor? And if you're in Utah, connect with Megan and I because we we've have got, got you list. Some, We've got your peeps. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Do you know what? what? Chiropractic care is great for helping get that birth canal and that pelvic opening ready for the baby to come. But do you know what else it does? Oxy-tosy. It helps you sleep better. It helps your hips move better. It decreases mm-hmm. pelvic pain. SPD. It can help with SPD. It helps with migraines. It helps. Yep. I had prodromal labor for 30 days before my last baby. And that was like... Like I said, destiny, so rude, right? <laughs> so rude, prodromal labor is. Um, but my chi- going to the chiropractor two or three times a week really helped minimize the, that and help me sleep better along with that too. And so I had a, I had a client once tell me, well, and she listens to every single episode, even though she's not a VBAC, so she's going to know exactly who, this, who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. But she says, we're not chiropractic people. And I'm like, guess what? It's time to get to be chiropractic people <laughs> because these chiropractors are going to hook you up and get you ready for the best birth experience possible. Definitely, 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 definitely. And in addition to that, if everything is aligned, oxytocin flows better. Mm-hmm. So the love, the love hormone that helps get that baby out, get that baby out. (laughs) So keeping your body aligned, it really is important. So that is our spill on chiropractic care. Yay, Destiny. Thank you so much. I feel like we should talk at least once a week because you're so cute and I love your little giggle and I just love your story and I I love love everything about you. Posts every day. Yeah, and you need to get have um another baby so that we can (laughs) have a reason to talk even more well thank you guys so much (laughs) would you like to be a guest on the podcast head over to the vbacklink.com slash share and submit your story for more information on all things vback including online and in-person vback classes the vback blog and julie and megan's bios head over to the vbacklink.com congratulations on starting your journey of learning and discovery with the vback link